your uh, ramadan oh it was well thank you it was a bit unusual i mean that's expected though unusual but, how so because yeah. you couldn't um break fast at mosque yeah i mean um just in our religion in general there's this entire communal aspect um your experiences shared with one another and so being unable to see people and celebrate these things together. Mm. And it was just unusual. I feel you. Excellent. Excellent. So, one second. I'm opening my laptop. Okay, take your time. Excellent. What else have you been up to? Have you graduated? No, this is my first year. I just finished my first year. Ah. Do you have friends? Yeah. Do you still go to the BSU? Um, yes. I mean, I've, I haven't been going the past few months um, just because school has been busy, but as soon as campus reopens, mm-hmm. I will be back. Excellent. Yeah. I changed my major, though, which is pretty exciting. To do what? From biochemistry to foreign languages. Ah, I see. Yes, you can still do biochem, though. I have all the pre-med, um, like, prerequisites for med school, mm-hmm. uh, even mm-hmm. though I had a bachelor's of art. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the distributed quote-unquote pre-med minor mm-hmm. so that I can still be accepted into medical school, but... Um, I thought that learning other languages was more worthwhile than STEM courses I'll never use again. I mean, you could be an astronaut if you had a STEM degree. Yeah, but I I don't want to be an astronaut. Oh. I mean, I want to, but... I mean, no, because everyone I've talked to goes like, I, I really don't want to be an astronaut. And then I tell them about my pilot training and they're like, you know what? I kind of want to be an astronaut. But for us, it's too late if... If I didn't get the uh, necessary degrees, but for you, mm-hmm. it's not too late. You could double. Ma- no, I don't do that. That's great. <laughs> I see. I want to be an astronaut, but um, I had to have like pretty intense back surgery a while ago, mm-hmm. and there's like the physical demand of being an astronaut. So I think that's probably the only thing getting in my way. If you're going civilian route from just street to seat, so to speak, it's easy. Mm-hmm. If you're doing my route and my, my friends from college's route, or we go to the Air Force or the Army or the Marine Corps, then it's, mm-hmm. it, well, one of my friends is in the Navy as well. But to become an aviator and then go, it, yeah, that'd be a lot because you have to meet the demands of being an officer in the military, an astronaut. But just being an astronaut, that's fine. They're like 40, 50-year-old teachers who are astronauts. 
Interesting. So you're currently taking the path to become a national? I'm currently, well, well, that's a hope. That's definitely a hope. But okay. I'm currently um, getting ready for SUPT, uh, which is specialized pilot training mm-hmm. for the Air Force. Wow, that's incredible. You know, I'm trying not to, I'm doing my best to get the highest scores possible once I'm in so that I get mm-hmm. to pick my my uh, my airframe so I don't pick bomber or fighter because I'm not trying to kill uh, Yemeni children. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be awesome. uh, a mobility pilot only. Fighters look cool, but actually flying, if you've actually mm-hmm. flown anything, they're not the funnest thing to fly because you always feel like you're about to pass out. Mm-hmm. But that's all good. You got time. You got time. You can do all things. Yeah. yeah. Got plenty of time. I mean, I think I think I'll probably stay on the ground for the rest of my life, but hey, as a, uh, excluding travel, but mm-hmm. we need people on the ground too. Yeah, thank you. We do, we do. So who else is gonna send us up food? <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. Excellent. Uh, here, I'll open this Google Meet if you wanted to. Okay. to go on that i don't understand the mechanics of this so the anchor app is to actually record yeah the google meets is to um because my my friend uh frank made me add it to my calendar app the google meet because he said mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to speak and not see your face oh so that's the only point. reason okay I mean, I, I've done it for like three years now, so, or two yeah. years. So. I mean, this just feels like a phone call. I know. No one's going to see us. He does have a point. Okay. I, so, I, yeah. But yeah, I already opened it. Um, If you wanted to click on okay. that Google Meet. Are you using your computer or your phone? I'm on my phone. Okay. That's all good. Then you don't have to use Google Meet. Oh. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna. Okay. I don't. I don't want your phone to explode by having okay. Anchor and Google Meet open. Okay. Perfect. Cool. So I'll just leave this Google Meet then. Then we can start talking whenever you're ready. I'll do the introduction. Have you listened to the podcast before? Of course. It was a while ago, but it was it was really interesting. Yeah. Well, you're one of the first uh, people to be on my podcast. Who's actually listen listening. to it? Yeah, because my friends hate me. <laughs> Was it?
Hello. Munya. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think. Okay. What is your what does your screen name mean? Oh, um, it's cruelty in French. I it's my favorite word. In French. Uh, I knew it was French. I don't know why you used it. It's um that's my Twitter display name and I logged into this with my Twitter. So that's why it's there. Excellent. Would you like to do the entire podcast in French? <laughs> why? I don't know that much French. But you you have you have Clute as your screen name. Yeah. I'm French is part of my major. Ah. French and Spanish. Not Arabic or Hebrew? I already know Arabic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I mean, I attend school for free, thank God, but Wait, 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 this is new. This is new in New Mexico, right? All all students with higher than a 3.0 have free school? Um, I think the, um, what was intended was that money from oil royalties from southern New Mexico would mm. be used to pay for a student's school um, who whose families can't afford it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to go as intended. Um, it will still be awarded to some students, but um, yeah, I just I just got lucky with scholarships. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say it worked in Georgia. We have the lottery, and mm-hmm. all poor people play the lottery. So mm-hmm. we yeah. also have the lottery, but it's um, less um, impactful. Mm-hmm. I would say it does help mm-hmm. for some students, but. Not nearly mm. enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, yeah. You could you could add um Arabic. Because anyways, you're going to be in, in class using Levantine um Arabic mm-hmm. or maybe even Palestinian Arabic. So you mm-hmm. know, change up the accent, some different inclinations. Yeah. I mean um, one of the concerns I have, though, with my major um, and my minor is ultimately, like, my goal is med school. And um, if I were to, um, the language program at UNM is pretty small in that um, a lot of the courses offered, they're offered once a year, and there's only one section of them. Um mm. So I'm worried because a lot of the times the upper division language courses as well as the upper division science courses are often at the same times that I won't be able to finish in the four years just because of scheduling alone. Um, And I think Arabic would just make that a nightmare. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Excellent. So are you ready to Uh, do the podcast? Yes. One question. Yes. Um, do you upload this unedited? For mm. example, if there was like an interruption, would that? If there was an interruption, I'd edit it out. Um, okay. I usually edit for content, mm-hmm. not for brevity. So if okay. you take a long pause, I usually don't edit that. 
But if it's like 30 seconds, then I will. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Cool. Let me uh, close my laptop because I've been known to work while doing podcasts. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Okay. I will get it started. You have everything you need. Hopefully you don't need anything. Um, I don't need anything. Excellent. Um, Also, uh, since you've listened to the podcast maybe once, maybe a few more times before, Mm -hmm. I begin by introducing the podcast myself. Then I ask you to introduce yourself. Okay. Um, How do you pronounce your last name? Omer. 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 Do you want to learn the Arabic pronunciation? Sure. It's Omar. Omar? Omar. Omar. You can, you can just say Omar. Hey, no, we're, we're doing this right. Okay, okay. Okay. Do you know the Arabic alphabet? Uh, yes. Okay. I know the, I know the Hebrew alphabet. I, I assume it's close. Yeah, it's similar enough. Um, there's this letter Ayn. It's like pronounced from your throat. Uh-huh. And then you pronounce it with like a ooh, like Omar. Omar. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. See, I can hear. I can see, see, I, I because I speak uh, other Semitic languages, I could hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But just you just can't problem. replicate it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It might have to be another time. Okay, we'll we'll make a part two. Part two. Language learning. Indeed. Okay, perfect. Okay, and your topic that you picked was? I did not pick a topic. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's really just discussion. I mm-hmm. just always start off by saying, uh, please introduce yourself. Then you introduce yourself, and then I say, and what is the topic you selected? And usually people make one up on the spot, and then we don't even talk about it. Okay. Um, Let's do the current American climate. Okay. Cool, cool. Or United Uh, States. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll get it started. Welcome to Indefense Humanity. This is Osteris Oz Miller. Today I'm joined by Munya Omer, um, also known as Cruote. And um, Munya, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Munya. I am currently a sophomore at the University of New Mexico, and I am studying to be a physician. Excellent. And Munya, um, what is the topic or subject that you would like to discuss on the podcast? I think today we should discuss the current climate in North America. Excellent. Would you like to get us started? Um, Sure. I was wondering, Mm -hmm. how would you approach conversations that are meant to be had that are uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. the other party seems reluctant to participate in? Mm, mm, that's that's actually a good question. Um, not that I expected anything less of you. Thank you. But uh, I don't know. I never feel uncomfortable in conversation. Uh, I I usually ask 
unnecessarily uh, intense questions for no good reason. So I, I just do it. But if I were to struggle, right, since we're putting myself in this place where I could um, be someone else, I would say you have to push through. It might be uncomfortable for them. It's probably going to be uncomfortable for you. But you just keep moving and progressing. So you start off slowly and then you build up uh, exponentially. So you start off by asking, hey, what are you doing today? And then you end the conversation and somehow you've gotten to calling them racist and sending them PDFs of uh, D'Angelo and uh, Adorno saying that they need to learn about white fragility. That's so interesting. You, you know, you start off slow and then you build up. Maybe not to the extent that I build up, uh, but you know. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with what you said. Um my first impression of you was that you were very blunt and straightforward with your conversation mm-hmm. and that you um, approached me with questions that not even some of my closest friends have asked me. So I would definitely find that true of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do it in a way that I try not to offend people. Like, I just don't walk up to someone and say, hey, you're ugly. Because that's, you know, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Just because I would like to um, make statements that, that get to the grain of thought. I, I know not to offend people. And I have no desire to offend people either. So I don't ask people these questions to offend them. But I feel like as of our current situation with the protest and even the rioting involving race relations we have no choice but to ask the hard-hitting questions uh, because like Khalid and I spoke about on the last podcast, um, we, we have as a, as a culture, right. As a mass minorities are considered one by the 1% or by the, the majority, which is currently um, English speaking Americans um, of European descent. We are considered a mass a mass of minorities, all the same, some slightly worse than others, some what you'd consider the model um, immigrant or the model minority. And, and whenever we start to ask questions, it forces them into cognitive dissonance because they want to say that they're not racist, but then we're addressing the systemic uh, forms of racism that they are complicit with. And then it, 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 they don't like to think of themselves as the aggressor or the bad person. So they get um, defensive, but in an offensive way. And then eventually it, it turns to violence. Mm-hmm. I would, um, something that's come up more recently is this idea of the model minority and how um, they want to assume this indifferent position. But I think that's impossible. I think especially mm-hmm. in this situation, you're either the aggressor or you are the victim. And um, the way that the model minority um, functions is that it is catering to the aggressor. It is catering to the white mm-hmm. man and painting themselves in this image of obedience that I think is inherently relatable to the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Um, 
And how do you think we can ameliorate this or, or solve this um, reasonably quickly? Uh, reasonably quickly, I think that would be very difficult and it would mm-hmm. um, sort of operate on the foundation of collective understanding, which mm-hmm. I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, but we're getting there. I would argue that um, hmm, I I would think that to sort of better this predicament there needs to be an education brought upon these people by themselves they need to take an initiative Mm -hmm. to sort of understand that they they are only favored by the the white man because they are Mm -hmm. they are educated in a way they are helping the economy Mm -hmm. of the United States in a way that the quote-unquote normal minority is unable to do. Mm -hmm. And realizing that they're not as different and they're not as removed as they think that they are Mm -hmm. is the first step. And I think everything will come subsequent to that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I do do think it is a a common problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, minorities who go to universities, um, get an undergrad, a master's, maybe even a, a doctorate of some sort, professional or research-based, mm-hmm. they they find themselves clinging to their their own culture whilst also adapting to the environment around them. And... Um, you know, I, I see this frequently with older friends who are who are pursuing um, higher degrees, who are like um, in in societies that associate heavily with blackness, and they're 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 holding to it, you know, wearing all black, throwing up the fist, um, saying I'm proud black. But then whenever they go home, they they can't even uh, interact with their their relatives. Because like if you mm-hmm. go back home and your your home is either an immigrant community with people who come from the 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 ancestral land, or if you come home to the south where I am currently, and then some of your relatives are very southern, very um, traditionalist, and they if you tell them something like "Hey, you're eating unhealthily," and they'll say, "Ah, oh, you sold out." You're like, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're basically, um, you know, they, then they start using racial slurs that I choose not to use on the, on the podcast. However, these are all in good fun at some points, but if other people were to witness it, they would say, oh, this is tragic, but it depends on the familial dynamic as well. Mm-hmm. So whenever we come back to our, our place, like you said, so whenever we get educated, we think we're sort of better. It might be subconscious, right? I don't actively think I'm better than any of my relatives. Not at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think that they are, they are freer to believe what they believe because they don't have any conflicting knowledge, right? Um, mm-hmm. Conviction is easy. That's how you create a martyr, a zealot. But um, knowledge is conviction, belief, and substantiation. So you need to believe 
and have evidence to support that belief, to have knowledge. See, knowledge is irrelevant to them. Knowledge is, is something that makes you book smart, not street smart. Conviction and experience make you wise in, in this particular areas of, um, of close family members. So you've come back and you've basically shed all of what they would call common sense and replaced it with uh, knowledge that only helps you in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do agree with what you just said um, that there seems to be this sort of um, difference between knowledge of the classroom and quote unquote real life knowledge um, mm-hmm. and I think um, another reason why the model minority structure is so destructive is that it removes you from people that would otherwise be your own. And this is something that I've noticed in my own family. Um, this model minority myth that um, just because you come directly from Africa, you're an African immigrant, you're removed from the struggles of the American mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. person and that you're different from them when in reality, all of our ancestors, they were related. Um, mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. Um, you, can, you can somewhat understand where they're coming from, but it's frustrating nonetheless because upon their decision to move here mm-hmm. and become indoctrinated in the culture, um, that resulted in sort of being this sort of uniting the struggles as opposed Mm -hmm. to the division that they so acclaim. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed this more so um, not to um, demonstratize any group against another, but Mm -hmm. I've noticed this significantly among um, East Africans in comparison to West or Central Africans. Mm -hmm. Um, with a few of my friends from Ethiopia, Eritrea, and other regions on the east side, uh, they, their family would often say things like, oh, we're not black, we're Ethiopian, we're not black, we're Eritrean, mm-hmm. we're African, but we're not black. And, and then, you know, having discussions with my friends from the east, from the west, from uh, central and south, um, I, I speak with my Cameroonian friends, my my Senegalese, Congolese, uh, Ghanaian friends who are all the, the people groups, right, on the West and the, and the Mid-Central mm-hmm. who were taken for slavery. So we look similar. Uh, so we have something, if, if they were with me or if I were in their group, like in a, a group of Congolese, I'm assumed to be with them, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, on the East, I think... There's a, a luxury of the light skin, um, slightly different facial features, um, you know, different different linguistic characteristics, different cultural characteristics, religious um, that, characteristics. That, yeah, that that mm-hmm. allow um, people to believe that they can say these things because they don't commit violent acts as they see in the media, like some. African Americans, some West Africans, mm-hmm. they 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 make the assumption we're not the same. Mm-hmm. 
However, I, I do try to encourage them that whether you're from the east, west, north, south, central, if you get pulled over by the police, you can catch a bullet just as quickly as me. Exactly. The, the police do not care. If you say, I'm not black, I'm Eritrean, they, they see dark skin. And if, if they're so prone, then the dark skin can bleed. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, um, I've seen, I don't know how to approach the, the all cops are bad statement. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that obviously the police is a predatory um, system for the people who are within it and the people that they supposedly serve and protect. Um, So my concern is that people, often minorities, who feel that they have no other choice um, to sustain themselves and their way of life and honestly earn a living for themselves, have no choice but to join the police force. So that's that's why I'm a bit Mm -hmm. hesitant to say that all police are bad because honestly, I feel that some people have no other choice than yeah, to join it. it. Yeah, it's actually funny that you say that mm-hmm. because I was speaking with Khalid and he was roasting me to to a group of other um, uh, alumni from my undergraduate school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was joking I, or I was being quite serious. I was like, maybe I should join the police. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, were, they were all like, are you serious? Because my undergraduate thesis is about... Um, how systemic racism perpetuates even minorities who are employed by police departments. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's like, um, I use an example um, with the Marine Corps. So you have an E3, which is the third rank from the bottom. And they're, they're called Lance Corporals. Mm-hmm. So they all have the same rank, all should have the same exact amount of power. They're not yet um, non-commissioned officers. So they technically can't give each other orders. But you have junior NCOs who just um, graduated their, their tech school or whatever. Um, and then they come to like the dorms. Mm-hmm. And then you have senior uh, Lance Corporals who've actually been deployed, been to war. So the senior Lance Corporals will come back and then they'll like haze the junior Lance Corporals, tell them what to do, even though they're the same rank. And as a junior Lance Corporal, you have to accept it. And you just have to get along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the senior lines corporals basically do a, another indoctrination. Like the Marine Corps, what makes the Marine Corps so much the core is not the indoctrination from the core. Because the core makes you strong physically, not necessarily mentally. It's the indoctrination from people who are older than you. They come back and they teach you, hey, uh, whenever you go there, you're going to have to open fire in places where you don't know who's there. And then, you know, some junior Lance Corporal will be like, ah, but what if they're innocent? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to kill someone who's not there. And then the senior Lance Corporal will have an anecdote. Like, um, well, I've lost good friends trying to think. You don't think, you take orders. And then eventually they're indoctrinated to know, hey, if you go to um, Iran and you hear someone speaking Dadi, then you know immediately get ready to open fire don't think about it don't think he's a child because he could be a bomber 
Mm-hmm. So they're fully indoctrinated. And the same is said, even though these people are not um, authentically racist, the inauthentic racism still causes destruction and death mm-hmm. because they have been uh, subconsciously conditioned and to recognize and, and fear mm-hmm. um, these other people groups. The same is said about the police department. You don't start off a racist. Um, you go in. And then you're indoctrinated by seeing these videos. See, you only have a split second to think. You make a decision now or you might die. So someone's reaching for something. You're in that tunnel vision. They may have told you that they're reaching for their phone, their wallet. But in the mindset, your heart's beating. The, the blood is pumping. Um, you can hear your own pulse in your ear. You can't hear anything else. You've blocked out everything. You're in sensory overload. And then you take the shot. Mm-hmm. So I, indeed, I don't believe all police are bad. I do believe the system is inherently um, negative against minorities. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the position that I'm going to assume, um, because I've always felt a little uneasy, sort of grouping things in mm-hmm. sort of this manner where. It, just like blanket terms make me uncomfortable. Um, so a statement like saying all police are bad um, mm-hmm. sort of makes me uneasy. Um, mm-hmm. However, I do agree that the system needs to be changed. And while we're at it, I feel that um, the prison system above all, especially in America, needs to be reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This incarceration without without a plan of rehabilitation is Mm -hmm. causing America to die I feel like especially minorities that are subjected um, to prison sentences without any consequence or rather um reflection I feel yeah. like and that's um, on the assumption that the person actually did commit the crime um, in Portugal this is my favorite example um, hard drugs such as um, I believe meth or cocaine um, were mm-hmm. decriminalized and rather than patrons of these drugs um, being incarcerated, sentenced to life, they were detained and they were um, rerouted to these programs that could help them um, get their lives back on track. And I feel like if the U.S. adopted a similar um, doctrine for the policing system in general and the prison system above all, that a lot of our issues could be solved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I feel, once again, with Richard Nixon in, in 1971, with the war on drugs, and then we have the war on crime, we, we always start these incentives to get us, um, to get the popular vote, to get our elected officials higher approve, approving ratings. Um, mm-hmm. And then we continue these things, even though they're systemically oppressive and even though they're not 
effective or efficient whatsoever. So we've known the war on drugs hasn't helped at all. It's pushed um, drugs further into minority communities. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the war on terror has, um, firstly, I would venture to say only exists because the U.S. and, and Britain chose to take the protectorates after the Ottoman Empire and seated them from the Faisal family and gave them to the Sauds. Also, not a political podcast, and I don't want to be killed for for speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. However, I do agree with you that the political, um, I would say the, the financial system of U.S. prisons does need to be overhauled, um, most certainly. Because I feel we're moving more towards Panopticon, if you're familiar with Panopticon by uh, Michel Foucault. I'm not. Okay, so it's a it's a prison that. Um, so imagine the prison is all. So pan basically means all or world. Mm-hmm. Opticon visible. So there's a watchtower in the center of the prison, and then there are cells with open doors or not open doors but see through doors all around the watchtower. And for the first year of the prison's operation or the first few months, it doesn't really matter. You, the prisoner does anything to break a rule. And then they're immediately punished because there are, there are guards and cameras all in the watchtower in the center, which is tinted. So the prisoners never know um, the watcher is there or not. Mm-hmm. So eventually the prisoners begin to know, oh, they always catch us regardless of what we do. So now we're just going to follow the rules. And then you cycle out prisoners, right? So eventually, a few years later, the prisoners that are there were never there in the beginning whenever they were actually being punished. But the other prisoners have indoctrinated them with the thought that if you do anything, you will get punished. But no one has been punished for for decades. So the, the watchtower is unmanned. No one's in the watchtower. But the prisoners self-legislate. Mm-hmm. I feel that is where our system attempted to go, but the self-legislation done by prisoners, as seen in the Stanford prison experiments, is not the kind of legislation that we need. Um, we don't need prisoners to self-police because it will always be prisoners who consider themselves stronger who will brutalize prisoners who they consider weaker. Um so we, we do definitely need a separation for, for offenses that I would consider minor. So drug possession, mm-hmm. um, you know, robbery, it, destruction of property. These are bad things, sure. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're looking at the Christological sense of, of, of sin, or if we're looking at the, let's say, Abrahamic faith interpretation of sin as, as something that turns away from the eye of, of the of the deity, right? Um, then all these things are sins and equal in the eyes of God. So we must remove this completely from a debate. We must say as humans and as we have formed our own morality on the codes of ethics, do we really need to have someone who is selling marijuana in a supermax prison? 
probably not, but it's good for money because a lot of prisons in America are for-profit prisons. Mm-hmm. So you keep keep up the numbers, you get the state funding, and then you can likely embezzle more money and then become rich. Mm-hmm. I would, I would argue that um, drug possession depending mm. on the drug maybe um should not be a criminal offense um especially now mm. with the legalization of medical or even recreational marijuana um mm. people who are currently incarcerated for charges related to the two i think they should be liberated i think their mm. their criminal record should be expunged um especially when we see cases of um, predominantly white people selling marijuana mm. for profit, um, foods or edibles with THC, um, mm-hmm. and sort of building empires off of these, where the people that um, it quote-unquote originated from are currently serving jail sentences. Um, they had their livelihoods just stripped from them for the mm. same reason that the white man is able to live lavishly, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's, I mean, we could write to our senators, our representatives. Mm -hmm. They really don't read those. Yeah. Um, So there's, there's little we can do. I mean, we could talk on the podcast. Yeah, but they won't listen to this. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, I can send it to a few representatives or senators that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. and they'll probably listen to us like 15 minutes and then pretend like they were busy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe. they they probably won't listen to the majority of it. They won't get this far yeah. into the podcast unless you edit it to the beginning. Hmm. Then they'll click out immediately because we're we're not doing something that is uh, conducive to their agenda. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to discuss something. I tweeted I tweeted about this a few days ago, um, mm-hmm. and I have a thorough and firm belief that the founding documents of America. And the fact that they are antiquated and unchanged and still are deemed the law of this land today are the sources of many of our problems today. Um, For example, the Fourth Amendment um, that talks about um, how police are legally allowed to operate um, Mm. and make arrests, etc., Um, The fact that in the document that shaped this country, um, black people were not even considered people, entire people. They were considered three-fifths of the person until fairly Mm -hmm. recently. And then again, black women later. Um, And I feel if we were to... Um, rewrite these documents or even get rid of them I feel that Mm -hmm. we would already be off to a much better start 
Does that make sense? I feel that the presence of these documents is perpetuating a lot of the social issues and making mm-hmm. them more per- more pervasive than they should be. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I do believe, um, I was listening to a brilliant historian uh, this earlier today, actually, this morning, and he was saying, um, it was John McKem, mm-hmm. and he was, he was saying, uh, do I believe, he was like asking a rhetorical question, he said, do I believe that these statues should be taken down of Confederate generals and, um, and petitions be made to rewrite the, the articles of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to fit, to fit our um, intersectional society? And he said, I look at it this way. If people fought and died to preserve this union, they deserve our respect and they can be publicly um, displayed. I don't have a problem. Put it on a courthouse, put it in front of your church. That's not our problem. He said, so, so in that sense, sure. If I were to agree with people who support, supported the Confederacy, then sure. He said, however, the Confederacy specifically seceded from the Union. So these people directly fought against the nation, which we now hold dear, that gives us these liberties. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I do not feel we should have these. In fact, he said, we should take them down and not speak a word of them. He said, if it was Robert E. Lee's um, prerogative, we would still have slaves today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would not be free to speak the way we are right now, condemning our, our own government. And so to, to go back to your point, because even historians who are from the South are saying we need to take down these the, these documents or, or you know, do post-colonial rewritings of these documents where all men are created equal. We obviously are generous, like Adorno says, to say all humans are created equal. But then you mention as well the three-fifths mm-hmm. um, compromise, which clearly stated, oh, now we, because this was, a, this compromise was basically an amendment to an article. So it's all men are created equal. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't want to give that much power because slaves. Mm-hmm. And in many places in um, east of the Mississippi, south of Maryland, uh, these, these laws have not been overwritten because it's very difficult, if not impossible, to remove a law. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to amend a law. I say we should not... Um, remove these laws, I say we should amend them, but we should block quote the, the original law in our amendment so that we know where we came from. I, I don't know. I feel that um, amendments to these documents, um, just the presence of them, I feel um, makes me personally uncomfortable. Um, mm. But besides the discomfort, I think that if that antiquated way of thinking is still there, people will still continue to defend it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that just the entire removal of it um, Mm -hmm. would be more effective. I mean, Mm -hmm. for example, take the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. It's obviously not 
um, catered to the standard of production of firearms today, um, but people mm. still still want to take the meaning of something that had a different circumstance and apply it to the meaning today. And so I feel like mm. just the entire system of amendments um, and when we should revise these amendments, the revision part mm. is what, um, since it's not as delineated and it's not as visible or easy to see, I think that part would make the amendment structure mm-hmm. difficult to organize and difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I think most people know the first 10 amendments to Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really know the 13th, 14th, and 15th, nor the 21st that well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, civil rights um, amendments, as well as uh, women, mm-hmm. uh, the right of suffrage, you know, um, not to be confused with suffering, which was quite rampant before this and still goes on today. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. yes. Go ahead. No, no. I was, you first, you first. Okay. I was just going to um, say that the point of the Second Amendment is to hold um, a regulated, a well-regulated militia um, being necessary for the security of a free state. However, we have a standing army, a standing Navy, um, Air Force, Coast Guard, what have you. So it's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, something that I've seen a lot of recently is criticisms of the U.S. designating so much of their money um, towards these armed forces, such as the military mm. or even the police, where we still have um, suffering social um, structures such as schools or hospitals mm-hmm. um, that are inadequately funded. The fact that some of our cities don't even have clean water, clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, so when these documents say that we are all allowed the right, um, we are all allowed life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And these documents contradict themselves because we can't have this coexistence of the largest army in the world as well as no life or no liberty or no pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. yeah, that's one of my issues. Yeah, yeah. I I fully agree with you on that. Because we we should have guaranteed for certain, these unalienable rights. I would say they're not even rights. Mm-hmm. I would say they're not inalienable, but in meaning inherently born with them and um, cannot be removed from us. Because even saying rights means that we need a legitimate government to validate or justify them. Mm-hmm. I think these are inalienable, even in um, the very arcane concept of the social contract even if we were fully, which we obviously are not, because in defense humanity would not exist if we were just selfish creatures. 
I would just talk to myself mm-hmm. and not talk about any social issues. That'd be fine. But that that's not why I exist. Mm-hmm. So we could just live in a society according to the original social contract as it was thought where I don't kill you, you don't kill me. So it's all about self-preservation. I don't hurt you, you don't hurt me. I don't steal from you. Therefore, you don't steal from me. And it's trying to uh, assume how can I steal from this person without them knowing it was me so that I benefit wholly from it. But this isn't how humans actually function for the most part. Mm -hmm. But then again, is it because we've, going back to indoctrination, is it because we've indoctrinated um, so many generations to uh, with with religions of peace? So we have Sufis, we have um, even Muhammad, uh, Jesus, uh, we have Rabbi Nishim, we have all these people who come, the Buddha, who, who come to us and and say, you know, we must not act selfishly. We must do all things because we're all interconnected. So is this indoctrination, right? Not to not to dismiss anyone's faith at all, but could perhaps this indoctrination through pervasive faith be a form of social contracting to, to ensure that people, you must be a good person. I want to be a good person because that is the will of my deity. Therefore, I will not hurt anyone else. Is this still not selfish in and of itself? Because I'm guaranteeing my everlasting salvation. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very interesting question. Um, back when I was in seventh grade, my middle school mm-hmm. ELA teacher, she had introduced to us for the very first time the concept of altruism. And upon mm-hmm. hearing her definition that altruism is this desire to do good um, inherently for no reason other than to do good, like no personal mm-hmm. gain, I always thought that altruism did not exist. There is mm-hmm. absolutely no way that um, any action of your own would not be done for your inherent benefit. And I've been mm-hmm. I've been trying actively to see um examples of this where it might not be the case but i'm just unable to think of any Mm. and i think your example sort of emphasizes that idea that altruism might not be real oh oh my okay okay (laughs) no no i I always um to be the advocate sometimes people say the devil's advocate Mm -hmm. but advocate comes from uh satan uh shaitan Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, happens to be the the an old Semitic word meaning lawyer or advocate. So to mm-hmm. say devil's advocate is saying the lawyer's lawyer, uh, which is kind of odd. So to be the advocate mm-hmm. for the oppositional side, I do in fact believe in altruism, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, though I can advocate for the other side, of course, because I I, I like to see both sides. I do understand that most people act on a daily basis selfishly, but I do feel right. If, um, because you have the trolley problem, obviously, which is a a form of utilitarianism, Mm -hmm. maybe even, um, deontology, moral particularism, you know, you have your mother there and you have, 
um, a school full of children. Mm-hmm. A utilitarian, obviously, you save a school full of children because you have no idea. That's so many lives. Your mother's one life. Sure, you love her, but mm-hmm. that's one life. As a moral particularist, you uh, choose not only the greatest good, but the least amount of pain, similar to utilitarianism or consequentialism, but also whatever fits with the ethical code, um, the, the, the ethical framework that you are using. Still, you probably choose the, the children. Mm-hmm. Um, as a deontologist, you say that killing is inherently wrong. You've established this maxim. Therefore, you don't do anything. Whoever dies, dies. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as an, uh, thinking from an altruistic perspective, you shift the train, right? Because they never said, the trolley problem never says you can't intervene directly. So you shift the train to save the children while also diving to push the other person out of the way and you die. You know, you've saved them both. But here here we go again. Is this not selfish? Because you couldn't live with the, the thought that you'd killed someone. I think I think that's where my thought process comes from. The fact that if you were to live with yourself mm-hmm. um, with their blood on your hands and deciding mm-hmm. that that's no way to live, so instead you sacrifice yourself to save these people i think that's an act of selfishness no the outcome is still inherently positive people Mm. live but the fact that you did it out of your own comfort yeah would make it selfish yeah i think the the best way to think about altruism is to remove one's own agency allow the choice to be the agent of the action and to to go into a zone of non-being where you know your life is inherently worthless as are all the others um don't expect an afterlife don't expect recognition not only will you die but you will cease to have ever existed therefore your thoughts about what you've done are irrelevant so either you save them or you don't it's irrelevant you're all going to die however if you save them right through your own sacrifice you understand that you will be over there is no thought after you're just done and then if you're still willing to fully commit without hesitation i feel this is altruism but you can still anticipate some sort of recognition afterwards you just won't be Mm. there to receive it you see see but for me in all of my scenarios i am a, a a passerby who intervenes and then I am obliterated by the thing that would have hurt someone else. So no one will ever know I did it. Interesting. I just went missing. They don't know that I was the one who saved the uh, people. Okay. I'll think about so it. I, I do my best to, to form altruism. Because I know fully my worst enemy, right? I, I don't think I have one. But I have people... Who probably don't like me that's fine i would still die for them and that's not to prove a point that's just because you know who knows maybe they're a mean person maybe i don't like them maybe they could do something great maybe they won't mm-hmm. i'll give them a chance 
I know I could probably do some great things, but you know, I'm, I'm, it's fine. Somebody else will pick up where I left off. Mm-hmm. You know, not not trying to die, obviously. However, if it's got to be someone, so you at least you're saying that if you were in this situation, that you would mm-hmm. take the route of um, interference where you save everyone except for yourself. Uh, yeah, but as a deontologist, obviously I'd say killing's inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. So if if the if the person says if you don't pick, they both die. I'm like, dang, that's unfortunate. Okay, I think this which which sounds evil, but no, it's it's understandable. What's interesting to me though is um, the discussion of not doing anything or inaction Mm -hmm. is still doing something and that's relevant in even um like discussion of the political climate so i Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. find it interesting Mm -hmm. that you think um not doing anything is equivalent to killing the other party which i agree but um Mm -hmm. yeah Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Inaction is still action. Mm-hmm. Um, just like non-being is still a zone of existence. It's just not a zone of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, an argument that I've been seeing recently, especially in this Black Lives Matter discussion, is that um, not saying anything or not um, sort of what's the word um sort of not denouncing the actions of um the people who are obviously the problem is bad is a bad action in itself and it's taken me a while to come to this conclusion but i i can see that um not saying anything is complicit Mm. because in that sense and maybe this ties back to the model minority myth um not saying anything means that you're attempting to cater to the aggressor and so or you're aiming to not displease the aggressor or in this case the white man um and so not saying anything is essentially Yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do see it. Yeah, that not not saying anything though, Munya, I'm coming for you as well. Okay, <laughs> uh, you have zero posts on your Instagram. I don't know what to you post. Not, you, you you don't even post stories. You haven't even changed. At, at least at least as a Black Lives Matter fiend, mm-hmm. you got to at least change your 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 profile picture to the to the solidarity fist all that being said i have done none of these things mm-hmm. I, I post stories mm-hmm. like almost every two hours i you know i i show up to to events that involve black solidarity racial solidarity and then i don't even post about them so it's like i was never there mm-hmm. i feel that this action is better than me posting about it right that Khalid and I talked about it. The podcast is yet to air, mm-hmm. but I'll give you a brief. Okay. Um, so it's it's slacktivism, basically. Mm-hmm. So people think I've posted 
Now I don't have to actually do anything. I've proved to them that I'm not a racist. Mm -hmm. Now I can go about my life. Oh, another pic that looks interesting and exhibits some tears. Let's go ahead and throw that on my story. Never on my actual uh, feed, uh, my actual uh, grid, because that'll be there indefinitely or it'll mess up my flow. Mm -hmm. Your aesthetic. But yeah, but put it inside of my story all day because it'll disappear tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I I understand where you're going, but um, I think that speaking up sort of exceeds like social media. I think that you can mm. make your voice recognized um, outside of your cell phone. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, educating other people on the topic. Um, I've noticed a lot of people, specifically other minorities, um, Latinxes, um, Hispanic people, Asians, Asian Americans, who are urging their peers, their ethnic peers, to educate their families who have histories of Um, Mm anti-Blackness. Donating to bail funds to free wrongly arrested protesters attending protests um i think all of this is a way for people to to sort of spread the movement um the black panther fist icon on social medias um and i think it's kind of obvious if people post things or they retweet things just mm-hmm. so that they mm-hmm. don't appear racist, but I don't, it's, I think it's easier to be complicit than people realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for certain. Mm-hmm. De- definitely. However, no, no, however, I need to stop using um, evasive and divisive language. Mm-hmm transitions uh additionally yeah that's better additionally how have the protests in your area albuquerque new mexico been going have they been productive there has been looting i've seen Mm -hmm. um i was unable to attend the protest um Mm -hmm. my car doesn't work the tire fell off anyways um oh okay yeah, it was a it was a wild day. Um, I've a lot of the people that um, I'm friends with on social media that have attended the protests said that they were mm-hmm. very peaceful and that the looting or the destruction of property was mainly um, done after the peaceful protests by um, people who were wishing to incite violence or start riots, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. similar to circumstances in Minneapolis um yes and so I personally I don't think I can speak on what happened because I was not there but um Mm -hmm. according to the accounts of people that did attend everything went well um I think ultimately what would be the ideal situation is if we were able to sort of ameliorate the issue without destruction of property but I think in some um actually 
I think that, well, if we, if we state that um, a lot of the riots have been incited by white supremacist groups across the nation, um, looking to undermine the movement, then I feel that, um, well, that's important to know. But um, even if it were the case for the um, peaceful protesters to escalate, it would be Mm. understandable. Um, These are the same issues that have been being, have been protested for centuries. And um, the fact that there's no progress, minimal progress, um, while it doesn't justify the violence or the destruction of property, um, it, mm-hmm. it definitely makes it easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for certain, for certain. Yeah, I think someone someone said um, people complain about looting whenever it doesn't fill museums. Mm-hmm. I saw that as well. Yeah, and then... There were some other pretty clever statements, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know if it justifies it. Uh, probably not. It nothing can really justify it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean I I disagree with the actions, because I don't believe that property uh, is is more valuable than than life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and others said. Um, killing or or looting and and vandalism doesn't bring back uh floyd Mm -hmm. or lloyd and um and that that's true however uh literally dropping bombs over baghdad does not undo uh september 11th yeah yeah or or supporting the 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 Saudi attacks on the Yemen, mm-hmm. or better yet, the the IDF's and encroachment on Palestinian territory. Mm-hmm. However, we do these things, but once it's at the home front, we can't, especially by someone who doesn't look like the the controlling power. It's unacceptable. I can walk up to a Capitol building uh, with an AK forty seven. If um, I'm white, but don't even let me hold the stick if I'm black because I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. I think just the double standards. Um, if we were to try to minimize, not minimize, but sort of make the movement more understandable. Is what's mm. infuriating. Um, my phone's about to die. Let me switch my headphones real quick. Okay.
Excellent. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, this is not a productive podcast if it's only me talking. Not at all. Uh, hello? I'm back. Hello? Excellent. Um, for the interruption. Hey, it's all right. I'll just have to edit it. Okay. What were we talking about? Uh, that's... that's uh, <laughs> That is the question. Here, wait. I can... No, I can't. I was going to say I can listen to it, but I can't. It's not done processing. Okay, let's backtrack. Oh, I said something about double standards. Indeed, you did. Okay. You you can edit that part out. <laughs> it wasn't mm-hmm. very eloquent. It's all right. Okay, begin. Okay. Hmm? What'd you say? Tell me when tell me when you're ready. Oh, uh I am ready. Okay. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Okay, okay. Thank uh, you. Excellent, excellent. Yes, yes. I can hear you now. Um indeed. Please please continue about your 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 thoughts on double standards? Um, well, essentially, the root of our concerns, I feel like, is this double standard um, between the white majority and the non-white minority and sort of this inability to coexist um, due to antiquated yet well-hidden separate but equal mentalities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see it. I can dig it, I guess. Um, in the old words of Barack Obama in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I buy it. I hear it, and I respect your words, and I see where you're coming from. But I don't know if I buy it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's uh, it's simplifying a complex topic, but in a way that that almost lets the lets another person say, "Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just using double standards. My bad. 
I didn't mean anything by it. I think it's truly subversive. And I think though it may be subconscious Mm -hmm. for many, I think it is purposeful and has uh, malicious intent for, for some. That exceeds the double standard Mm -hmm. structure. Interesting. Yeah. But that's just the thought. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that I'm right. Obviously not. Who am I? I don't study critical race theory. I'm just a, I'm just a guy. I um I say that just because um mm-hmm. it wasn't my intent to be um dismissive, but No, um, no of course not. No no no. I, I yeah. don't I don't intend it uh, my response to in any way lessen uh what you have said. I am once again just being the advocate for the other side. The advocate. Okay. Um I just say that because um, maybe double standard isn't the correct way to phrase it, but um, this inequality, there's there's the systemic inequality, which mm-hmm. is overarching and always exists, and there's um, sort of this interactive mm-hmm. inequality, I feel like, that presents itself through um, communication and conversation. Um, for example, um, just what's a good example? Just the inability, like you mentioned earlier, the inability for a black man to show up with with an automated rifle to capital, mm. as opposed to the white men who were protesting the shutdown of the country due to the coronavirus. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I think I I may have... Do you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I'm saying a black man can't show up with a stick. Oh, let alone a rifle. My if they show up with a rifle, they're shot dead before they even get to the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's definitely a double standards. I see what you're getting, but I think it is it's double standard More makes me that. think, oh, one person's allowed to do it, the other person's not. I think just like just like um, the opposite of love is indifference. The antithesis to love is hate because it requires the same amount of energy. So one is allowing them to do it, sort of nonchalant. The other is vicious regress. Um, upon mm-hmm. uh, on the other uh, group. So it's not just one I allow to do it, the other I stop. One is willful um, aggression towards the other party. So this is, this is direct opposition. To me, double standard is seen as apathy or indifference. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is, is willful malice. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that requires the same amount of energy. Mm-hmm. It, as it, I think it does. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe, but once again, we, we're talking about indoctrination as well, um, years of systemic oppression. So perhaps it's it's not even it's not even that way. Perhaps it's not even um, 
perhaps I'm investing too much energy into thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're on the topic, mm-hmm. um, how do you think um, the current pandemic has impacted the movement, if at all? Mm. Um, I mean, it definitely has, but yeah, yeah, I think I think the protests would have been larger, but from what I'm seeing, people are still protesting in mass um, with mask on. Um, so you know still gathering in large groups still still doing everything uh still being accosted by white nationalists and their supporters uh so you know it's just like good old times (laughs) just with the fear that you might die not from a bullet but from a virus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that everything that could have gone wrong this year definitely has gone wrong Mm -hmm. um but um, I'm just interested in how the pandemic might have an influence in um, the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, I want to become a physician eventually. Yeah. Um, and seeing that people are still taking care to wear their masks when they go out to protests um, However, I am a little concerned when I see images of people crowding in the streets. Mm. Um, just because you wear a mask doesn't mean you're invincible to mm-hmm. transmission or transmitting of it to course. other people. Um, and seeing these protests go on in even Tokyo, um, where it's at like almost the epicenter of where the disease began. Mm-hmm. Um I just find it interesting. I think it's interesting that you think um, more people would have joined the protests. Um, I believe that, especially now, because so many people are either working from home or unable to work, Mm -hmm. that they have more, I don't want to say free time, but more of a capability to attend these protests as opposed to had they had their regular jobs to attend mm-hmm. though i do understand the people um the people that want to stay home to avoid disease transmission mm. yeah yeah for um definitely so so now that you've even mentioned it i'm thinking because so many people are home they have nothing better to do Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps take care of the children, obviously, or yeah. get get some work done. But for the vast majority of us, the the younger uh, generations, uh, what else are we going to do? Most of us have uh, ways of transportation, or we have friends. A lot mm-hmm. of young people um, have cars freely given to them, or if they're um, of a lighter persuasion, they can just say, Deborah, I'm taking the cart and leave. <laughs> uh, which will definitely get some people slapped, but mm-hmm. I think we know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And then they can they can go and protest and then go back home. They can tell themselves, I've done something good, post a few stories on Instagram, and then repeat 
oh look i was there because I, I see that i see that sometimes right like we have um officials being elected and people are like they're racist and then it's like oh they can't be racist look we have them in the civil rights march and i'm like ah, i don't that that was you know 40 50 years a long time that's enough time to change mm-hmm. that's that's nothing so now i feel like people are doing this they're they're going to these marches and they're like see i support it but i was reading as well uh someone said something um what did they say they said um i support the protests for george but i also support killing looters on site mm-hmm. so this is not only cognitive dissonance right i support uh, the protests against the system that allowed a black man to be killed. But if you're looting, I'm going to take you out because my property is worth more than your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like those arguments or not arguments, but um, those comments, um, mm-hmm. they're done out of sort of not a self-awareness, but wanting to protect themselves from backlash. Mm-hmm. Although, with the latter statement, they're definitely going to receive it. Um, when you say something like, I support protesting for this man's life, but this inclusion of the statement, but means that there's something inherent to the cause that you are against so when you put those two together it's like saying that you can't protest Mm -hmm. for the death of George Floyd without looting which I think is a very alarming train of thought Mm -hmm. um, because I don't believe that any of the people who were protesting for George Floyd um, and truly for George Floyd um, wanted to incite violence or riot or start looting for mm-hmm. profit. Um, especially with um, Mr. Trump's he who shall not be named um, his statement on Twitter when the mm. looting sh- starts, the shooting starts. Ah, indeed. Uh, that was... That was um... It was comedic. That was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's actually horrifying. Uh, just sarcastically, <laughs> it was comedic. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you also have him saying, oh, these are good people. They shouldn't be treated like this versus mm-hmm. these guys are thugs. Mm-hmm. Which is just a display of the racism that ensues in America, especially mm-hmm. on behalf of the president. I um I actually saw this Twitter thread and it was sort of this compilation of racist acts performed by Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, pre pre presidency and even during presidency and I don't know why I was as surprised as I was when I read the thread um, I there's like some sort of blind optimist in me. Mm-hmm. that wants to believe that he has, or not necessarily him, but any person 
in that position of power has some sort of conscience mm-hmm. that they care about people. But seeing that just destroyed that. Um, and I just have such a problem with him because he is so inarticulate. I actually saw this one video. I think it was um, a UPenn professor, linguistic professor, um, mm. talking about Donald Trump um, to a news reporter. And the conversation was about how, despite the fact that Donald Trump attended um quote unquote the best schools in the country he learned nothing in them because he has the linguistic caliber of a fifth grader um which was very satisfying to hear um but I feel like I don't know if the issue would be much better had any of the other candidates been elected Mm-hmm. but having him in office is obviously not doing anything in the right direction mm. yeah yeah I think is it uh, this is a question right and this is what a lot of young people are thinking um, mm-hmm. who lean left or maybe lean right I don't know uh, Joe Biden right, is not our top choice if mm-hmm. if I were a liberal which I'm not because I'm I'm in Georgia and I mm-hmm. don't you know you know I I don't like it I, I love me some uh, confederacy so so if I were okay mm-hmm. right uh, Joe Biden is not the best choice mm-hmm. uh, but should we think like conservatives saying, even though we don't like him, we're all going to team up to make sure the other guy doesn't win. Cause that's what they're good at. They're, they're good mm-hmm. at a lot of people will say, I don't like Trump, but I don't like Hillary more than I don't like Trump. Mm-hmm. So that, that basically answered their own question. Um, which is interesting. Because we we could move similarly to that and say, hey, Joe Biden's a terrible option. You know, we, we have allegations of sexual assault. We have um, problematic uh, racism in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some things that can be forgiven, right? Wear blackface whenever you're 15, whenever you're 20. Cool. Maybe you were an idiot back then. I can forgive you. Sexual assault's another thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you lied about about you know you tried to let's say joe biden tried to get a date with a girl so he told her he was a press secretary when in fact he was an intern forgivable sexual assault not forgivable Mm -hmm. you see so so the question is do we choose this candidate because he's our only real option if warren doesn't get in um Mm -hmm. or do we hope that he gets in with warren as his running mate and then maybe maybe he has a heart attack. <laughs> Did we win? I don't know. Because we've compromised our morals. Mm-hmm. Should we have had Bernard in there? Definitely Bernie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yang is looking pretty good as well. He's out. He's been out for a long time. 
but he, he is he is very good at at fiscal allocation talk. Um, better than better than Biden for sure. Um, Bernie Sanders is on point with him though. Biden sounds, you know, not to once again get political, but Biden does sound like he's in early stage dementia. Mm-hmm. No more than Donald Trump by any means. But I think Donald Trump, the problem with Trump is he knows what he's doing, which makes it so much worse. Mm-hmm. If Biden does have dementia, he may not have some control. Mm-hmm. The problem is Donald Trump has control and he refuses to, to exercise it. Mm-hmm. Those are just thoughts. So. My, at this point, and I wish it didn't come to this point, I just want anyone who isn't Trump mm. in that seat, I feel like. Just his personality and his existence is almost infuriating. Mm. Um, his lack of articulate, his inability to be articulate, um, to understand people that aren't him, his basic lack of humanity basic lack of decency he should listen to this podcast um it's just so uncomforting i wake up every day and that's the first thing i i remember especially recently mm-hmm. the fact that he's in office um this is somewhat off topic and it might be a little bit cynical but mm-hmm. part of me just feels like the earth is dying anyway oh so what's the point (laughs) of all of this like i understand but like there are so many issues yeah yeah. (laughs) i certainly understand the sentiment right yeah yeah i do i do the earth is dying who cares about Mm -hmm. politics right Mm -hmm. people are dying who cares about politics i go Mm -hmm. further i say animals are dying uh and we're choosing to systemically oppress um, the animal kingdoms, uh, the the animal kingdom and beings within it, including ourselves. How do Mm -hmm. we expect to treat others well whenever we have employed systemic speciesism on a level to where we can use a species um, denonym as as an insult? We can call someone an ape, and that's an insult. We've taken mm-hmm. speciesism, so not only do we uh, discriminate against people in our own species, but we can use this against others to where I deem a dog as a pet, a chicken as food, right? This probably mm-hmm. wasn't expecting where you, where you expected this conversation to go. Not at all. However, it's here now. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So how do we expect to be respected as beings, as rational beings, whenever mm-hmm. we haven't even moved past, we, we claim ourselves to be the highest form of life on this planet. We've invented mm-hmm. flight. Even we, We've discovered flight for ourselves. I wouldn't say we invented flight. We've discovered ways to travel slightly deeper than we can dive under the seas. Mm-hmm. Um, we've discovered ways to kill each other more efficiently. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
And we have discovered ways to breed animals quickly to consume them in a way that is detrimental to our health and to our planet's health. Yet Mm -hmm. we refuse to accept that we're causing climate change. We can do all things that we want unless we didn't intend it, then it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say until we're willing to accept the fact that, that our way of living is contributing to the destruction that will eventually end the way we're living and we'll have more people complaining about, oh, why can't it go back to the way it used to be? Um, mm-hmm. Just like the Confederacy. Uh, it, it may have lasted your, the rest of your life, but you wanted too much. Mm-hmm. You wanted it to go back the way it was and you were willing to fight for it and you lost. Just like with factory farming. It, it, you know, you wanted it to go back to the way it was and you're probably going to lose it all. Everybody's going to be vegan. and it, not, not by choice, probably. They're going to be like, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey. These greenhouse gases? No, nah, no. Nah. We, got, we got two years. We shut down every farm. Go, every government shuts them down and, and says, basically... We had no choice. Everybody's a vegan, not vegetarian. We can't even have milk. We can't have nice things, no, because mm-hmm. you guys messed up. Just like with the police, right? You, can you guys stop protesting? Mm-hmm. We're singing Kumbaya with you. We're kneeling with you, um, whatnot. And he's like, no, no, no. You had a chance for, for 150 you years. It. You had a chance. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. forfeit. You're absolutely right. It's you don't You don't get to ask for another option, right? Just like I know some people who listen to this podcast play Dungeons and Dragons, and now I have caught up by watching a YouTube series uh, for the last two days about Dungeons and Dragons. I still don't understand the concept, but they're saying you have an opportunity. You can either roll or you can skip. Once you roll, you can't say, oh, never mind. It's it's already mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the words of my friend Jose Diaz, it's the luck of the dominoes. You're tossing bones. And you get snake eyes. Then you get bitten. And it's over. Okay, I'm going to stop using analogies and euphemisms. <laughs> well, I think that's a very that's a very interesting take. And I will definitely be thinking about that for mm. the rest of the night. Excellent. Well, uh, Munya, we are approaching the 90-minute point. Um, do you have anything else? you would like to discuss um i have plenty but i don't think i have enough time hey hey in the day we we definitely have our secondary segment called in defense of time you may or may not have heard of it as no one who's (laughs) on the podcast ever listens to my podcast um where we can extend the time if necessary so what is it what would you like to discuss? Um, that's a great question. How about I think about that, get back to you, and we can do a part two. Hey, that's excellent. Okay, do you have anything you'd like to promote or, um, or mention um, before we go? Um, I would like people, if at all possible, to sign the um, to donate to the bail funds from the mm-hmm. protesters who were wrongly arrested. Um, please sign and share the petitions if they will have any impact. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's about it. 
um, be sure to be kind to people. Yes, absolutely. Don't be rude. And be decent, at least. Mm-hmm. At the very least. Um, but yeah. Excellent. Munya, uh, salam. Thank you for being <laughs> here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Oh, yes. can we, um, as a parting, can we, you teach me your favorite French word, and I will teach you my favorite Arabic word. Okay. Oh, my favorite French word. Okay. 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 Uh, benediction. Uh, blessings. Could you say that again? Benediction. 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 Yeah. Benediction. Okay. Um, my favorite Arabic word. Um. Khalas. What was that? Khalas. Khalas. Means like enough. Like enough. Khalas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Khalas. Excellent. Well, this might be halas for the for the podcast, but I thank you for giving me a new Arabic word. Uh, now course. I can update my LinkedIn because it said elementary level Arabic. Um, I can raise it up to. Um, I think you're basically fluent now. Yeah, you might as well put <laughs> working professional fluency. Exactly. I'll just say halas. Just just walk up. Just say it to everyone. Cool. That's it. Okay. Excellent. Well, well, thank you, Munya, once again. Um, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And yeah, guys listening, we may have indefensive time with Munya, fully in French, though. Um, oh, no. <laughs> if, if we get 100 listens on this by next week, we will do the next episode fully in French. And then if we get 100 views on that in only two hours, then we'll do it in Arabic. Since that will never happen, I don't have to worry about that. Maybe I'll just have to share this share this podcast aggressively. Indeed. Okay. okay. Peace be well, with you all. You. Goodbye. Good night. Benediction. <laughs>